Welcome to Shepherd the Sheep podcast with Pastor Gina Glermo and Pastor Jason Vaughn. And we are back today to talk about fear, anxiety, and adversity. Welcome back to Shepherd the Sheep podcast. This is Pastor Jason Vaughn with Pastor Gino Glermo. Hello, and everyone. Hello. Yay. We're back. It has been a while. <laughs> Gino and I have been on a trek. Yes, it's sir. been a month-long trek. Mm-hmm. Yep. We're back and we're alive and yeah, exactly. stronger than ever. Yeah. Well, we hope. Uh, <laughs> man. So just fun. We, we try to really keep the podcast not about us too much personally, but both you and I have gone through what we think was the virus. The, yep. Yep. Came through. The 2019 We're, virus. No, actually. Yeah, 2020. 2020. Well, yeah. it's COVID 19, I think, because it originally was discovered uh, late last right. year. I didn't go get tested, though. So I yeah. don't know. Yeah. Yep. I had all the telltale signs. Just, I mean, it's quarantine and. Yeah. Don't die. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, we're here. Well, had I died, it would have been a lot better for me. So <laughs> probably would have been better for you too. But <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't know if it'd be better for me if you died. <laughs> well, Is, maybe. you know. Oh, man. Does that mean, you know, more stuff on my plate? <laughs> yeah. Well, that's true. But we are back with the podcast today. Yeah. yeah. In front of a semi-live studio audience. <laughs> that's true. Who's very boisterous in their in their Thanksgiving that we're back? So, <laughs> oh man, that's crazy. Well, uh, the only thing you must be get, excited because we're just like uh, yeah. ready to go here. I know yeah. I didn't get a T-shirt though. That's the only thing. Did you get a T-shirt for what? For surviving. I, I feel like <laughs> no. I need a T-shirt that says "I survived." You know what? the virus. If you put, if you uh, if you yeah if you if you made a survivor T-shirt, you'd like sell out like tomorrow. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. I, I survived two viruses. I did not die. Yeah, that's yeah. Mine was brutal because I had two. I had oh, a sinus true. infection and some other virus. Mm, yeah, and boy, those three or four days were they were atrocious. Mm-hmm. It, I I don't think I've slept. I I slept so much that my body hurt. Oh wow! Yeah, I'm sleeping. Yeah, Sunday morning <laughs> at three thirty, I couldn't do it anymore. So I just got out of bed. I was like, I literally cannot lay here. Yeah, for another minute. And so I was standing in my living room watching The Last Crusade, Indiana Jones' The Last Crusade, doing like calisthenic stretches while my dog looked at me weird because I literally was like, man, if I sit for one more second or lay down for one more second, I'm going to die. Mm. Well, well, yeah. that's a great transition into our topic today. Well, yeah. I mean, as I said, all of this is related to yeah. our topic today. Yes. Yeah. Uh, but uh, the good news is that we're here. And, um, so listen, uh, yeah, the topic today is navigating fear, anxiety, and adversity. Okay. Some are all kind of related, right? Yeah. I think they're all related. Um, when I, when I think it's always hard for me to like, want to just stamp single a topic down to one little issue, because to me, 
everything in life is a multitude of issues and being able to parse that is the first step in wisdom and growth. And then the second step in wisdom and growth is learning how to navigate what God's word says mm-hmm. regarding uh, him and worship and then learning how to apply that in whatever situation issue you're with. And I think honestly, for most of us, uh, we, we really try to simple things down too much. Mm-hmm. And uh, like, you know, I kind of got off social media. Uh, I kind of tweet a little bit here or there every now and then. And all three you re- followers. You resurface once in a while. Yeah, all three not. followers are thankful for it. But, <laughs> um, but you know, uh, in, in terms of still reading the news media, uh, which I've actually found myself eliminating the major networks out of my news media reading. Amen. Yeah. Uh, I'm looking for news, not narrative. Exactly. Yeah, but it's interesting to me because uh, in their discussion of the coronavirus, which is related to this topic, and so I want to keep the topic at a principle level, realizing that the elephant in the room at this specific time is the coronavirus, mm-hmm. um, or what I call the trashy beer virus. Um, so the what? The trashy beer virus. Why? Because it's corona. Oh, <laughs> yeah. trashy, got it. Trashy beer. Yeah. yeah. So. Um, yeah, not not that we're saying we're not condoning uh, any consuming of Corona beer. Uh, in fact, today we're drinking. Both you and I are having Perrier. Yes, yeah, a little bubbly French water. Yes, a little French water. Uh, but but my my frustration with the media has has been that um, they they only really report the panic mm-hmm. and the extreme. Yep. And so to me, it's not a balanced approach to dealing with the issue. So they're not helpful. Nope. But it, it is helpful to remind to to be reminded that they are trying to sell us something. Right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Well, they're trying to sell advertisements. Right. That's and their so, job. Yeah. That's their job. Yeah. Yeah. So. I think I think really though, just in my understanding of the history of the media, there there's a couple important factors that that to me are in that are influential on understanding them. One, Howard Stern, uh, his in his book. Uh, NBC reported that the average listener who likes him listens for like 30 minutes a day. Hmm. And the average person who hates Howard Stern listened like four hours a day. And I think in the nineties, what the media began to discover is that hatred actually drives viewership and listening eyeballs. Yeah. Yeah. Anger drives you to actually. So in a sense people like to be angry, which is really kind of weird. Um, but then you have OJ Simpson come out and you kind of have the same thing mm-hmm. because you have people now tuning in and the networks are discovering that people are willing to tune in 24 hours to OJ and somewhere around O.J. Simpson is when the 24-hour news network really took off. Mm-hmm. Before, it was boring C-SPAN. Uh, but, excuse me, now it's like, oh, I can tune in all day, mm-hmm. excuse me, and get the updates on O.J. And so it's somewhere along the way, the media realized we can make a lot of money by being available 24 hours a day and by pushing information and if we can have you mad at us, you're actually probably going to stay tuned with us longer than if you're just a if you're if you're emotionally unattached, just looking for raw information. Mm-hmm. That's actually really boring, by the way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So people like stories and narratives. Yeah. 
Yeah. So I don't entirely blame the media, but I think the problem is that we look at them as if they're leaders. And this is, this is kind of my, my recent thought. They're not leaders. They're Monday morning quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. And they, even the questions they ask they they never ask people, Hey, what information are you using to make this decision? Why is this the wise decision? What are things you would want us to know about the information in this? It's, well, you did this and this happened. Mm-hmm. Don't you think, don't you think you didn't think about that? And it's almost like, like even the questions they ask are sensationalized Monday morning quarterback questions, right? Like, mm-hmm. Hey, in the game yesterday, you didn't throw it to that wide open guy. Why not? Well, cause I didn't see him. Well, but had you saw him, you might've had a touchdown. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. Thanks for your criticism, but I missed it. Yeah. Both yeah. sides do this. They, they yes. try to, they create villains and, and good guys and bad guys. Yes. You know, and, um, and each side creates their own bad guys. Yes. So that keeps you glued because you want the bad guy to die. You do. You want the bad guy to lose. You want the good guy to win. Yeah. Well, um, and even even that, right? They they phase it as it's either this or it's that. Right. And so you know, this is where I always get in trouble because I'm the guy that's like, well, why can't it be a little bit of both? Mm-hmm. And that's like, whoa, no, 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 no. There's a line in the sand. You're either all the way on this side. You're all the way on that side. You can't be in the middle, and you can't have a third opinion. That's why we don't have a third party, because you can't have a third party. Mm. doesn't make sense. No. Three choices. There's only two sides. There's only good and bad. Yes. There's only white and black. Yes. You yeah. can't have no such thing as a third. Right. This is, this is why I'm not a good tweeter, because I'm not a tribal guy, white and black. I'm a... Other there are there are varying factors that go beyond two hundred and twenty characters. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, Twitter Twitter not really for this kind of conversation. But it's interesting to me because the the media, the role the media plays in this in the virus to me seems to be one of the heavy influencers in in the decisions that people are making. And it's obvious that the panic button is being pressed. And so in my head, just kind of being sick, being in Oklahoma on seeing family on vacation, uh, all of this just kind of rummaging around, going through the elections, getting off Twitter, getting off Facebook, discovering that, you know what, real life conversations and people, people's fears in real life are different from the fears going around on social media. And so I, I think it's probably would do us well, Gino, to just have that conversation about Hey, how do we navigate fears? Right. Right. I mean, like, and I'm just going to say from the beginning, uh, there are some of you, and and I'm not trying to be mean to you in this podcast. Uh, I'm, I don't want to speak for you, Gino, but I want to come alongside you in this podcast. And for some of you and say, you know what? You got it. You need to, you need to wrestle with this fear Mm -hmm. and learn to trust God. Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, I, I think defining it, too, would be helpful, right? So I just pulled up a quick definition here, and it's a belief, fear is a belief that someone or something is dangerous. Yes. Uh, likely to cause pain, likely to be threatening. So, like, this idea of danger, painful, uh, threatening, uh, you know, in your life will cause you to react in a certain way. Yes. And the media uses fear. Yeah. To make you do things. Yes. So, yeah. Uh, fear is a very powerful and motivating tool. Yes. And it's, and I mean, I think it's a natural thing too, right? Like, yes. There's a reason why uh, we should fear. Yes. 
Yeah, I think uh, I think in 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 um, in kind of bringing this up, uh, and by the way, before before we kind of delve into it deeply, I want to at least talk about why we're linking fear, anxiety, adversity together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because because at some level these are related. Uh, fear will motivate us to go to the right instead of the left. Anxiety will do the same thing. Adversity will do the same thing, mm-hmm. and trials will do the same thing. Okay. So all of those, the common denominator is that all of these potentially motivate us to the way we think and the actions we take in our life. Okay. Yeah. So kind of um, you tend to, these things bring out what's really inside. Yes. Like you reach for, you know, it's like you're reaching for the life vest. Yes. What's your life vest in the time of danger? Yes. Yeah. Okay. And I mean, honestly, all of these are like, they're like a selfie mm-hmm. because fear, anxiety, adversity, trials, difficulties, when they come, it's like you, you can then take a selfie video of yourself in the midst of this and you're actually going to see what's going on in the heart. Yes. Okay. So, yeah. So to me, uh, there's a lot of good mm-hmm. that can be had and we'll talk about that. Like you, you need to, all of us need to grapple with our fear and kind of come to terms with it. Mm-hmm. But ultimately, we have to. Uh, our fear has to be motivated by. Um, ultimately, our fear has to be in the right thing, mm-hmm. which would be the Lord. Yes, fear of the Lord. And ultimately, the things that God has asked us to do still need to be done, even knowing there's real danger. Yes. Yeah. 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 Like our, our, our responsibilities do not change. Yes. Our goals do not change. Yes. Um, absolutely. Um, and I think, you know, I, I think it's also fair to say, because we're not saying that, uh, you know, there should be zero reaction to fear. Like right. you want to, you know, if the, if you're in front of a hot stove, right, you don't put your hand over the fire. You, 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 Take your hand away from the fire, right? Because uh, you don't want to um, purposely just burn your hand for no reason, right? You right. kind of stay. You want to stay safe, but you know you still you're still in the kitchen and you still gotta you still have a goal. You still gotta cook something, right? Yeah, and you gotta learn to work with uh, the dangers in the kitchen to get to get that food on the table. Ultimately, oh, could you imagine if a fear of being burned prevented you from cooking dinner? Yeah. I think that's a real fear probably. Right. Well, and I mean, honestly, if you live by that fear, think about what you would have to do for food. You'd eat out yep. or microwave dinners. Yeah. Neither one of those are healthy for you. Yep. Uh, neither one of them are sustainable. Yeah. I mean, like I, I don't really eat a lot of TV dinners, so maybe the technology's come a long way. But I'm going to go out on a limb and say not very many people are like, I want to eat a different TV dinner every night of my life. Right. Yeah. Yeah, or just you know, slow roast the, uh, yeah. the brisket in the microwave. Oh, Is that possible? Gosh. Oh. It's probably you know what it's, it probably could be done. <laughs> you know what? If you can microwave fish, you can. Uh, yeah, yeah. So somebody out there trying Low to microwave slow. fish. Oh gosh, yeah. It has the, it has the level settings now. You can put it on uh, yeah. like 10%. level one. Yeah, ten percent for uh, five hours. See what happens. <laughs> <laughs> what did you do to this brisket to butcher it? Oh, I microwaved it 10%, 14 hours. Looks good, doesn't it? The texture would be, uh, I don't even want to think about ruining a brisket. Um, 
but 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 in terms of thinking about right, kind of what you said there, all of these fear, anxiety, adversity present danger. Yep. Uh, some of them more real and in front of you, but like you just said too, uh, at the end of the day, you got stuff you got to do. You got to get it done. Mm-hmm. And, and to me, that's the interesting part is when you na- when you navigate other people's fears. There's a party that realizes, man, you 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 do risky things all the time. Mm-hmm. It's just some of them are impactful and some of them are not. Right. Yeah. And yeah, then you're, yeah, you're weighing it. You're weighing the cost yes. for each for each activity. Even if you don't know you're weighing the cost. Yes. Yeah, you're weighing the cost. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, excuse me. So it. So fear, right? Like you said, is uh, a belief that something is dangerous. And it's probably going to influence the way you think and the decisions you make. You know, uh, it's unfortunate that I knew somebody who was so afraid of car accidents that the person would not drive longer than anything beyond two miles from the house. Hmm. And it's crazy how the fear of a car accident, what that prevented that family from doing in life, Mm -hmm. you know, and the reality is, the funny part is, and everything we're going to talk about, Caitlin looked up some stuff for us. Mm-hmm. So, yay, Caitlin. And the most dangerous thing that every human being participates in on a regular basis is driving. Driving. Yeah. And yet, um, the fear of driving probably doesn't prevent us from going to the grocery store, mm-hmm. doesn't prevent us from going to Walmart. I mean, there's. A lot of things that prevent me from going to Walmart, but 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 getting in a car accident is not one of them. Although right. I, uh, maybe I should use that with Kyla from now on. I can't go to Walmart. What you if might, I get in a car yeah. accident, yeah. very dangerous. Park, very dangerous. Walmart Walmart parking lot is very dangerous. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Walmart itself inside very dangerous. <laughs> very dangerous. Yes. Yeah. Go look at the people at Walmart, and you'll discover why it's very <laughs> dangerous. <laughs> hey. Hey. I mean, but that's I, me. That's my people. <laughs> okay. So uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Right, but 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 the thing, the reality is, I think there's actually something to learn from that too, mm-hmm. and, and we'll probably talk about this more later. But just kind of, if you need to tune out of the podcast quick because we're, you know, feel like we're moving fast enough here. <laughs> um, the the thing is, what that shows is that when you value the prize of of what you're going to get, you're willing to weigh the risk. Mm-hmm. So the risk of a car accident is worth the Oreo cookies. Gotcha. Right. So when you value, or maybe you just realize my family needs somebody to go shopping for food. That's on my shoulders. If we don't have food, we don't eat. And if we don't eat, we all go hungry. Mm-hmm. And if you got young kids in the house who are hungry and no food, mm-hmm. you have double trials. Yeah. Because you know, young kids, hungry, young kids are very expressive about being they're They're hangry. Right. Right. And I get that. Um, adults are hangry too. So uh, we've been in the restaurant industry. We know that. Um, that hangry is a real thing. So, right, but that risk is worth it, which is interesting to me because then when you really weigh the risk of dying from coronavirus and you see the steps that people are taking amidst the virus and there's a part of me going boy, the numbers don't validate the fear. Mm-hmm. So what is going on in the heart and what don't you, and and do you value 
God's responsibilities enough, do you rank those responsibilities enough to say the risk is worth the reward? The reward. Yeah. 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 So I think this is where the media comes in, right? Because they're, uh, people are deceived, right? Yes. People are, 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 are really in fear because the media has told them that they're going to die from the coronavirus if they don't do such and such things. Yes. So um, how do you help them? Because they, you know, they, 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 they get one set of facts from one set of, you know, from right. one place. Right. Yeah. I think, right. And not, not only that, but I've noticed this too, that there's a perception out there because the media kind of gives a, a negative slant to people who do what they need to do. Okay. Well, you're out, you're out risking lives. And so then the perception is that we can't go do that. Mm-hmm. And the reality is, no, you can go do that. Just because a media person writes or reports that, that, like, in a condemning way that you did that, they're not the arbiter of truth. Right. He or she is a Monday morning quarterback writing articles to sell advertisements mm-hmm. or reporting articles, reporting on TV, um, which even then, look, go next, you know, next time you're watching the nightly news, Look at look at all their field reporters. Mm-hmm. Uh, they all kind of have similar features, hmm. which to me is like, did you why why did you hire this this person? You know what I mean. Mm-hmm. And, and the interesting part is, right? You definitely kind of wonder, was it their reporting skills or was it something else? Okay. But then when you're watching TV, nobody wants to be. Uh, I mean, you're, ta- I, you're talking about good-looking reporters. Yes, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. There, there it is. Okay. There it is. So, yeah, I mean, they're nice to watch. Yeah, but you sit there and you're but like, "There's no information coming from that mouth." Yeah, and and sometimes the questions they ask, <laughs> I sit there and I'm like, "You have you asked yeah. no useful question yeah. of this person." Uh-huh. Uh, I mean, I've been around long enough to know that that they're in Oklahoma during a tornado, mm-hmm. right? Tornado hits a neighborhood. News reporter pulls up, pulls up to house A. Couple standing there. You know, um, walks up, hey, how's everything? Oh, things are well. Mm. You know, we're so thankful that, that God provided. You know, in, in a very articulate, calm, cool fashion, the reporter doesn't even finish listening, moves to the next house, where you finally have the human being who portrays what they want. Hysterical, fearful, um, right? In some kind of like tattered wife beater shirt, mm-hmm. you know, tank top, disheveled, that's the person they stop and report. It's good TV. Because it's good TV. Yeah, they're right? looking for good TV. Yes. So, right, anyway, I, this is turning into a, a media discussion. I know. But, that needs to be another, but. Yeah, yeah. But but it's a, such a part of this because, again, what is being communicated is influencing us to think, oh, if I do this, I'll get in trouble. Mm-hmm. Well, there's a part of me that wants to say to a reporter, who cares? Mm-hmm. Like, well, you who are you? You're, you're, you are literally a Monday morning quarterback who gets paid to sell advertisements. Mm-hmm. That's it. Like, I, I don't actually care what you think. Mm-hmm. Like you're not the arbiter of truth. You're not the Bible. You're not the standard. You're not the creator and sustainer of the heavens and the earth. You're a reporter. But there's a, they're, they're somewhat virtuous, right? Because they're trying to protect people's lives. You know, well, that's what they say. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. that's they're, so they're trying to sell this. You know, they're, they're, it's the first safety first culture. Yes, um, but everyone forgets that there's danger if you want reward. Yes. Um, yeah. 
and we just don't realize that. I think people think that things are just to be handed to them. Yes. Well, and I, and I think that's why adversity is a part of this too, right? Because uh, where adversity works into this conversation is that not, not only does the fear of some unknown sometimes prevent us from taking the step. And, and I think even when, you know, but, but, I, but I've been around long enough to know and to watch people that when adversity comes, they do whatever they can to get out of the adversity mm-hmm. rather than asking themselves, wait a minute, is what's on the other side of this adversity worth it? Mm-hmm. And right. There's a part of me that's like the whole time I'm sick, there's a part of me like Lord to live as Christ and to die as gain. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when I realized I'm getting better and I'm not going to die. And by the way, I was never at that point where I was like, I'm going to die. Uh, I just knew, okay. I just kept praying, Lord, tomorrow, can I maybe be awake a little longer than I was today? <laughs> and, but you know, that didn't happen until day four, but, but that whole time, right. You're sitting there and I'm thinking like, man, I want to get through this so I can get back to doing what I need to do. Yeah. And you know what? I might get sick again doing what I need to do, but that's better than sitting here sheltered, quarantined Mm -hmm. by myself. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree with you. And I, I think, so the way we're thinking, right, is that we've looked at the actual numbers. Yes. And not everyone's dying. Not everyone's dying. Um, and we're fact, not saying it's, we're, we're not, we're not unsympathetic to those who have died and to the, to the family members not. who are lost. Right. We're, we're just saying that the risk is worth the reward. Yes. Um, we can't stop what we're doing. Yes. When point, is it 0.1% of people are dying? Yeah. Not even point. Yeah. It's like, like point, point, probably, oh, probably point less zero than that. something. Oh, zero percent. One okay. Yeah. Point yeah. zero one nine. Well, here's a fun something. fact. Yeah. Um, according to CDC, Heart disease is still the leading cause of death for men, women, and people of most racial and ethnic groups in the United States. Every uh, one person dies every 36 seconds. 660, uh, 655,000 Americans die from heart disease every year. That's uh, right. three times more right now than coronavirus. Right. And, uh, you know, your heart can kill you while you're sleeping. Right. Well, <laughs> it's a silent killer. And does that influence you in what you eat and your exercise? Yeah. And Yeah. Not really. Not, yeah. not, not most people. No, not most people. Um, no, I think that's, that's an excellent point and an excellent thing to bring up because now I want to give, I want to give principles, not just, you know, but, yes. but for me, that understanding is okay. So as we're kind of boiling it down and I'm taking on some notes here, I see we've got danger, um, hardship and treasure. Mm. Uh, okay. And so when I look at those, right. I think I have to ask biblically, uh, does danger, what role does danger influence my decisions? Mm-hmm. Okay. And the, the interesting part is, right, take, take even the one another's. Love one another. Serve one another. Right? Be long-suffering towards one another. The interesting part is, in none of that, is there a, unless it's really dangerous. Right. Okay. Now we're not saying be, be unwise, mm-hmm. right? I'm not, you know, th- there are times where, you know, somebody, you know, a stranger comes to your door. Yeah. I mean, we quarantined. Yes. Yes, exactly. We, like, yeah. we didn't go out and make people sick. Right. So there is wisdom there. The mm-hmm. reason why we quarantined is we didn't want to get other people sick. 
But 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 what I'm also saying is right. Like somebody comes to your door who's a stranger and you don't know. Mm-hmm. The idea is, well, okay, I want to serve them. I want to love them. That doesn't necessarily mean I need to invite them in, right? And open up my home and oh, here's everything about my life that you would maybe need to know to do something, mm-hmm. right? So there's a wisdom there that we need to navigate. But but at the same time, the fear of their potential sinful action should not mitigate me to such a degree that I can't even like look at them. You know what I mean? Yes. Okay. So there, there's God, there's wisdom somewhere in there. Yeah. 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 So it's, it's almost like a boxer. You're, you're playing offense and defense at the same time. You're, 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 the goal is to win the match. Yes. But you're not just going to let him, uh, you're just not going to let him punch you. Yes. You're, you're playing defense at the same time. So, uh, we have a job to do. Yeah. And everything is risky. Yeah. Um, but we got to somehow find a way to play defense and offense at the same time. Yes. And that's where we just don't give up and like just let government or the media um, kind of lay out the road to what we think is the most important thing, which is ministry. Right. Because that's not their, that's not their treasure. Our treasure is Jesus Christ. Right. Their treasure lies somewhere else. I don't even know what their treasure is. It can be, uh, you know, they, they, it's some idol, right. right? But our treasure is Christ and him, and him crucified, you know, preached to the world, lifted up to the world. So um, that's the driving force for us and what, draw, and what brings us through adversity, what brings us through danger. Uh, the fact that Christ is treasure, right, yes. is going to... Um, Help us navigate life in that. It's interesting too, because in in thinking about danger, I go back to to Hebrews. Mm. Um, want me to read it? Well, he, well, in terms of talking about um, uh, fear of death. Well, he was talking about uh, something else in Hebrews. Um, where he's talking about, for you have not yet, um, oh, experienced uh, the shedding of blood yeah. yet. Bloodshed. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it's interesting in Hebrews ten thirty two. But remember the former days when, after being enlightened, you endured a great conflict of sufferings, partly by being made a public spectacle through reproaches and tribulations, and partly by becoming sharers with those who are so treated. For you showed sympathy to the prisoners and accept joyfully the seizure of your property, knowing that you have for yourselves a better possession and a lasting one. Now, what's interesting to me is in, in his reminding them of their suffering and their conflicts, right? There's a part of me that says, man, what if I put this situation in today's context, right? There, there is kind of a, like for, for some people, the adversity of potentially losing your house would have been too much and they would have just walked away. And what's interesting to me is this church, these people in this church didn't walk away. In fact, they were like, take our stuff because why they knew they had a better possession in Jesus Christ. Mm, Amen. And so to me that right, the, the, the beauty of Hebrews 10, 32, 33, 34, 35 is that the possession of Jesus Christ, understanding what you have in Christ, allows them 
to endure great conflict of suffering, verse 32, allows them to be made a public spectacle, reproached, have trials and tribulations. Mm-hmm. Right. So we're talking about adversity. Yes. Right. And so you, you start to unpack this and that's the adversity of one minute. You have a house and a car. The next minute you don't have a house and a car. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, how are you going to get around to where you're going to go? Right. I mean, that 20 minute drive now just became a four hour walk. You know, so adversity, the suffering of hardships where you have family members or church members who are going to jail because they're Christians, they're being ridiculed publicly, right? So the adversity here is real adversity. Yep. Some of it from persecution, some of it just from the, from, from the fact that life can be hard and difficult. Um, but here also in this is that great treasure that you have Jesus Christ and that's better. Mm-hmm. Now, I think if the author of Hebrews were listening to some of ours, right, some of us, and, and he were following some of our actions, it would kind of look like this. Oh, there's adversity? Just give them what they want, go the other way, and just be quiet, and, and hopefully it goes away. Hmm. But, but abandon, abandon your church relationships, abandon Christ, hunker down, Z, you know, build that wall and protect yourself. Mm-hmm. What's interesting is that's not at all what is said anywhere in scripture. Right. Yeah. And so danger is actually not a leading motivator for why we do and don't do what we do. Mm-hmm. Now it might be, it may be a wisdom factor, mm-hmm. right? But at the same time, we send missionaries to parts of the world that are quote unquote dangerous for the gospel. Yep. And, the interesting part to me is that that is not a calling to some and not a calling to others. Ah, uh, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it is a calling to be a missionary. It is a calling to be a pastor. Mm-hmm. However, that title pastor and missionary, it's not like that's a different set of standards by which you operate by for ministry. So this is why I always say, if your pastor can't miss church for the same reason you're missing church, then you're missing church for the wrong reason. Mm -hmm. Right. And the the reality is I was gone all in November for what vacation and sick and quarantine. Mm -hmm. Right. It wasn't, Hey, I'm not there because I'm afraid of potentially getting sick. Mm -hmm. And there's a difference there. Right. The, The funny part is that you look at church history, never, has the church closed your doors during like the, like the bubonic plague was a big one as an English major. Yeah. Cause it's such an influencing in an English. That's 30% literature. death. Yeah. And <laughs> you don't crazy. have, you 30%. have no stories of the church closing her doors. Nope. Yeah. Why? Mm. Because ministry matters. Yeah. And that's, that's the same message from the book of Hebrews mm-hmm. is that, listen, what you have is Jesus Christ. What you have to do is remain diligent in serving and loving one another. Mm-hmm. All the more, even knowing that there's going to be tribulations, trials, hardships, anxiety, fear, like, yeah, some of this is not easy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, what Hebrews is trying to say is persevere in our ministry to one another and to Jesus Christ, despite hardship. Like don't go back. uh, Don't, don't, don't go back to the old ways. Like, um, no, persevere in faith in Jesus Christ. Yes. uh, And all the responsibilities that are attached to that. So it's and it's worth the seizure of property. It was worth for them, um, you know, the hardship and 
uh, Paul, oh, the author right. Paul, maybe, right, right. <laughs> uh, said that like, hey, you haven't you haven't died yet for this. Yes, yeah, um, and that was that Hebrews twelve. So at the end of at the end of his great Hall of Fame in chapter eleven, chapter where he talks about all the people that that have faith in the promise to come, even though they didn't have the promise tangibly, they knew they had the promise, even though they did. Right? It's like knowing I have a Christmas gift under the tree. I don't have it yet because it's not December 25th, mm-hmm. but I know it's there and it's got my name on it. So I'm pretty sure it's mine, even if it's right, but I'm not going to get it. It's the same thing in the hall of fame in Hebrews 11. And so then in Hebrews 12, therefore, since we have such a great cloud of witnesses surrounding us, let us lay aside every encumbrance in the sin, which so easily entangles us and let us run with endurance, the race that is set before us. Mm-hmm. And I think when it comes to fear, adversity, and trials, that's that's the issue, right? Okay, Lord, what responsibilities do I have? And to me, this is the question that needs to be asked. How do I maintain those responsibilities knowing that these dangers exist? Mm -hmm. To me, that's a different answer. Okay. That's the question you're not going to get from the media. Okay. Where the media is just going to be like, mental health is, you know, mental health cases are up because people are of the isolation. Yeah. You you can't expect them to wrestle with these questions. But what if we ask the question of, okay, knowing, knowing the dangers that exist in this world, how do I maintain reasonable, responsible faithfulness to God amidst these dangers. Amen. Right. Good question. So obey traffic laws, wear your seatbelt, look both ways, be cautious when you drive. The funny part is as fast as I drive, I'm a very defensive driver. Mm -hmm. I joke about it's my passive aggressive driving because I'm very watchful. And if I'm not in the mood to watch that much and I slow way down and I'm that guy that people get annoyed by because I'm just kind of, doing my own thing. Mm, that's me. Yeah. Just chilling. On the, <laughs> yeah. Just chilling. Just Man, like, uh, just got to get, got to get there at some point. Right. Cool. Uh, and then the only thing you got to do is, okay, if I'm going to turn lanes, yeah. right. Then take those extra safety steps to make sure that your, that your yeah. blind spots are free. I'm signaling. I'm signaling now 30 yeah. seconds before I turn. Exactly. Just let, let everyone know behind me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Then there's always that guy that doesn't let me go. Right. Get around me now, yeah. guys. Yeah. yeah. Now's your chance. But right. So, but because the goal is I got to get where I got to get where I got to get. I got to be where I got to be. Yeah. Right. People still go to work. Oh, they still got to work. Yes. And the only reason why they don't is because they closed down businesses. Right. But people would still go to work because they need money. Right. They still need to, they still need to eat, put food on the table. Right. What's what's stopping them from not going? You know what I mean? Like, yes. Um, and Hey, if, you, if, if, uh, um, if it's too dangerous, I mean, at some point, you're going to have to realize that, okay, there's no more food. What am I going to do? You got to yes. work. Yeah, you, you got to work. You got to work. Yeah. Well, and that, that, I mean, I think people are realizing that now too, right? Mm-hmm. That you don't work, you don't eat. Like, yeah. Um, food doesn't come out of nowhere. Right. But that's the thing too. The, 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 the adversity and the danger that people will put themselves into to get to work. Yep. Um, so for, for Makeup minutes, while driving, that's um, very, very dangerous. Or texting while driving. <laughs> Also very dangerous. Yep. Uh, I think Caitlin gave us some numbers on that. Uh, like, uh, I need to find it here. She gave me a lot of numbers. 
it was something like 14% of fatal and crashes involve cell phones. Mm. And that was in 2018. So, right, if you're texting and driving, you're ch- literally your chance, your risk is probably, I didn't ask Caitlin for this number, but it's probably 10 to 20 times greater than of dying from COVID. For sure. Yes. Yeah, texting and driving more risky, and yet people do it. Why? Because whatever's on Facebook right now is important enough to uh, take this risk. Ooh, somebody that, got. Yeah. Somebody got told. Or, <laughs> yep. Or this text message, right? Like it literally, text messages do not have to be responded to right away. Mm-hmm. It, look, if you can't respond, respond later. You know, and if you feel guilty, then put that little thing on your phone to where when it figures out that you're driving, it tells people, driving right now, I'll text you when I get to my destination. Mm-hmm. Right? That way people know, hey, you're being safe and cautious. And, you know, I appreciate that. But, but the reality is, right? It's that that is valuable enough to you to endure the danger and the 14% fatal crashes. It's a huge number. It is huge. It's way bigger than 0.02%. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and by the, by the way, I get this too. This was one of those things. When I think when we read about fear, anxiety in the Bible uh, and adversity, I think we think of big things like persecution Honestly, where I see it more is I see the way it influences like a stay-at-home mom mm-hmm. when the reality is that she might have sick kids. It's amazing how the desire to not have sick kids in the home, the influences that can have in the decisions of the family. Hmm. Or grumpy kids who are off their sleep schedule. Hmm. It's It's amazing to me how that, Adversity can influence family decisions. Mm -hmm. And so the reality is, and this is, is, hopefully you've kind of figured this out by now, but just so I'm not beating around the bush, the reality is I think think if I ask the Lord, Lord, how important is ministry? I think he's saying none of those issues should prevent you from treasuring the opportunity to serve and love one another the way I've called you to do it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 I mean, before this whole COVID thing, people would, you know, jump through hoops for sports and yes, for every other activity. Yes. Well, uh, sports, the sports, the big one to me that that's the, like the sporty sport family. And by the way, I, I am not, we, we are not condemning the sporty sport family. It is okay to have your kids involved in sports, right? The, to me, it's a question of, can I, can we do this? while maintaining faithfulness to what God has put before me. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and that's, that's really the thing that all of us have to figure out in life. Right. We all have to navigate. We all have to learn how do I work and be a good spouse? How do I be a good spouse and be a good parent? How do I be a good parent and a good spouse while at the same time being a good employee? Mm-hmm. Right. How, how do I do this while maintaining a commitment to the ministry that God has put me in? Right, and that that's where right, it's so it's not always easy. It is difficult, but when you treasure those responsibilities mm-hmm. above, right, when you treasure them, then rather than saying, "Hey, this danger, 
I'm just going to put this responsibility on the shelf until the danger goes away. Right. Right. When you treasure something, you ask the question, how do we get there? Knowing it's dangerous. Yeah. And the sporty sports, the best example, because I have seen parents of four kids whose four kids have practice at the same time on the same night, different parts of town, different parts (laughs) of town. And all four kids are there on time Uh and their parents wear a badge of a badge. Yeah. Yeah, You know what? We get our kids there on time. Yep. And the funny part is the logistics to get that done is amazing. Because why? Because they value it enough to to do what needs to be done to be prepared and ready to rumble. Mm -hmm. How sad is that? Lord, I could do that for sports, Mm -hmm. but I couldn't do it for your body of Christ. Yeah. Yeah. The the amount of investment, you know, uh, while we're talking about kids, the amount of investment we're putting into our kids to... Uh, to have skills, uh, you know, that will benefit them in life, yet not invest, you know, the the cross, right. not invest what it means to submit to God and fear Him, um, is it, so upside down. Yes, and uh, if we're not careful, we we, we tend to uh, we're teaching our kids what to prioritize and what not to prioritize. Yes. Um, speaking of priority, I mean, what we're really talking about here is a priority of fears, right? Like yes. it's okay to fear as long as the number one fear we have is the fear of the Lord. Right. That should be the ultimate like driving force of what directs every part of our life. Right. Fear, and then fear of Corona, like, you know, bottom hundred thousand or something. Right. Um, there's a lot of other fears. Like, yeah. I mean, honestly, we, we, I mean, we could talk about this outside of Corona too. And that sometimes, uh, you see people who say, well, I've tried this. I've tried to minister in this way, but I didn't get this result. And that result maybe was I didn't get the close friendship that I thought I was going to get. Or I didn't get the respect that I thought I would get. I didn't get the attention from this pastor or elder in the church that I thought I would get. And so I'm just not going to do it because the people didn't love me the way I thought they should love me on the backside. Mm-hmm. And again, there there is fear and adversity in the wrong thing. Yep. Right. And so there it's while well, I'm doing this, looking for the return rather than, okay, Lord, I'm going to do this because you tell me to do this and I know I can't control the results. So I'm going to rest in you that this honored you and trust that you will do with it what you need to do with it in the long haul. Yeah. Amen. Because you you don't know, right? That mm-hmm. person, you may be the long line of human beings that served them in a godly way. And 20 years down the road, that person realizes what biblical love really looks like and goes, oh, wow. I saw it from this person, this person, this person, this person, this person, and this person, and I never said thank you, and I never realized what I had. Mm. You just never know what role you're going to play. In th- right, what Paul talks about throwing seed, watering, mm-hmm. but God causes the growth. Mm-hmm. And and sometimes the adverse, right, and that's where the adversity and fear comes in. You didn't get what you want, so you're scared of keep doing it because you're not getting the results. So, so really, your fears kind, although partially good, you're, you've got a little bit of hole in what what ultimately is motivating you. 
Mm-hmm. And so the adversity of keep doing, spending this energy for the return, for the lack of return, right, is creating problems as well. Mm-hmm. So for, you know, for me, anytime, right, that's why I always tell my family, like, when a problem comes up, is this a roadblock or is this a speed bump? Mm-hmm. Right? The roadblock says, I got to turn and find a different way. The speed bump is, okay, I need to slow down and cautiously go over this. Mm-hmm. And what's interesting, right, is uh, you actually learn that cars take speed bumps better than trucks. It's kind of funny. Um, but it's just because of the way the, the rear-wheel drive works on a truck and, and the lightness of the, of the bed. So, right, so when, when I come to a speed bump, I had to drastically learn how to navigate those speed bumps in a different way. And it's the same thing for us in, in, in life, right? There are fears and adversities, and we have to look at those fears and adversities and say, is what I want, does it have a, is it treasured higher than the speed bump, than mm-hmm. the issue that is, that is presenting speed bump or roadblock? Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, so we're teaching people to dissect their lives. Yes. Look at their fears, uh, you know, face-to-face and ask yourself, yes. um, what is this, fear causing me not to do to do influence me like even write that down if you have to yeah and then you evaluate what your priorities should be according to god's word yes um and then walk in wisdom right yes um yes but like but i I think we are asking people to grow in perseverance and conviction of the gospel because we understand that um, those, you know, the, the, the greater your conviction for what God has called us to do, the greater, it, the easier it is to overcome those kind of fears. Yes. Or just any fear. Yeah. Right. Because ultimately I think what people really fear is death. Yes. And, um, as much as the scientists are coming out with vaccines and cures and they have not solved death. Yeah. Um, the funny thing is the, the, the people who have no, like, the, the, we're the least probably we we have no training in science and in, 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 in the sense that of biology or anything like that but we have the cure for death which is awesome right right exactly yeah the gospel Hello. is the cure of death and exactly. so it's it's interesting because Ramil asked this question um uh what is god's purpose for fear and this is kind of where we're talking about at some mm. point i think evaluate i think right the second you're kind of aware that you're being influenced or motivated to change or to do something different or to abrogate a responsibility. And by the way, Hebrews 10 does say it is a responsibility to assemble together with the church family. Mm. Okay. So it is not, this is not a, you know, if your idea of Christ is just me and Christ in our little bubble together, I just want you to know the Bible doesn't agree with you. The Mm -hmm. Bible disagrees with you strongly. In fact, Mm -hmm. the Bible kind of, God says, no, it's, you in a community as a part of the body that I have equipped you to be a part of. So mm-hmm. it's not just a me and Christ. There is a sense it was just me and Christ, right? In that I'm the, he's, he's who I'm accountable to, mm-hmm. but it's also me and Christ in the community. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So, um, but I think in this situation, right? So let's say you become aware of your fear or your anxiety or adversity, mm-hmm. Right. And you're, you're aware now that you're wanting to change steps or, or diversify or go a different direction. I think that's the point where what you just said needs to happen. You need to assess, what am I scared of? Mm-hmm. Why? What, what is this adversity, adversity motivating me to do 
Or maybe you've already taken that step and started to go down that road of abrogating some responsibilities. And now you're kind of going, whoa, maybe I need to stop. Like, good, stop. Mm -hmm. Ask yourself, what am I afraid of? Am I afraid of dying? I think that's right. That's the elephant in this discussion. We, Mm -hmm. a lot of us are afraid of dying. Ask it. And I think, I think it's, this is the point where you've got to ask yourself, why am I afraid of dying? Mm -hmm. Why do I not have the perspective of, for me to live as Christ and to die as gain? Right. And so, Gina, we kind of talked about reading Hebrews two here where, where God, you know, talking about, Christ coming in the flesh for it was fitting that he for whom and by whom all things exist in bringing many sons to glory should make the founder of their salvation perfect through suffering for he who sanctifies and those who are sanctified all have one origin. That is why he is not ashamed to call them brothers saying, I will tell your name to my brothers in the midst of the congregation. I will sing your praise. And again, I will put my trust in him. And again, behold, I am the children of God has given me since therefore the children share in flesh and blood, right? Since we are human beings, he himself, Jesus Christ, likewise partook of the same thing Mm -hmm. that through death, he might destroy the one who has the power of death. That is the devil and deliver all those who through the fear of death were subject to lifelong slavery. So this is interesting to me. God acknowledges that there is a fear of death. Mm -hmm. And he says that fear of death is related to the devil. Now, it's not that the devil has power. It's more the idea that we gave up our submission to God Mm -hmm. and willingly then submitted to the devil in our rebellion and our sin. In fact, Horton in his book on justification in volume two has a great quote on that that I almost want to look up real quick because mm-hmm. it was a phenomenal understanding that that Satan doesn't necessarily God didn't like give Satan some reins mm. and he has control over us. It was more of a like we willingly um uh, we gave up the reins, like or like, yes. yeah. So here, here you go. Adam and Eve handed over their vice regency and transferred their fealty to the Father of Lies. They surrendered their calling to rule, subdue, and multiply on God's behalf, and became false witnesses along with Lucifer. Wow, yeah. And so, right, that's the power over death that that's, mm-hmm. that Satan has. And if you really think about what's going on today, the the the, the the very thing that's controlling people is deception and lies. Yes. Wow. I mean, yeah, <laughs> yeah it's, it's, and, and we're not saying that the media is not partially right in some of their panic button. Right. We're just saying it's not the whole story. Mm-hmm. And, and otherwise they'd be preaching the gospel. Exactly. The fact that they still, I saw this thing from a, from one of the governors who we need to pray for their salvation, but his thing was, well, 48 people in this state died today. And so, therefore, uh, masks, wash your hands, social distance. And I thought, if you got it, you would have said, repent and believe in Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. But you don't get it. Right. So you don't really care about the solution to death. Nope. But I think for us, right, that's the thing. Why Why am I scared of death? And I think if you're scared of death, 
This is my hypothesis. It's probably because you don't understand the gospel. Mm-hmm. Right? And, and that's what Hebrews 2 talks about. Um, and uh, he delivered that the deliverer and deliverer, all those who through the fear of death were subject to lifelong slavery. Ah, Christ delivers us uh-huh. from death. For surely he is not, it is not angels that he helps, but he helps the offspring of Abraham. Therefore, he had to be made like his brothers in every respect so that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in service to God to make propitiation for the sins of the people. And the idea is that Christ, not only does he conquer death for us, so that now I have eternal life in Christ and the forgiveness of sins and the propitiation of my sins and the, the Christ has died the death that I should have died in my place and I have been justified through Christ, declared righteous, set apart, and made holy by Christ. But I've also been made his child, whom he now ministers to and understands. Mm. So, so the beauty to me is, right, God, I am scared of dying. God, God, I'll admit to you, right, in my assessment, just confess, God, I'm, I'm scared. The beauty is that we have a Savior who understands the fear of that. Mm-hmm. And the reality is he will give you the strength and the resolve needed to walk faithfully through that. This is crazy because I never saw this before in Hebrews 2. It says, fear death, through fear of death, we're subject to lifelong slavery. So if the fear of death controls you, it's so true. You're you're, you're actually enslaved. Yes. And it makes sense because everything that people do today is really trying to escape death. Yes. I mean, wealth, yes. um, building, a, a, you know, building a, a new community on Mars. Yes. <laughs> I mean. I know. Uh, well, people, you can have your loved one uh, frozen. Yeah. 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 We're trying to, we're just, we're trying to uh, overcome our greatest fear. Yeah. But if you're trying to do that, then you're enslaved. Yes. Because Christ has uh, freed us from yes. the, 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 the sting of death. Yes. Yeah, which is, wow. Right. So in your assessment, you've got to say, wait a minute, do I believe the gospel? Mm-hmm. Do I trust God? And that Ephesians 2.10, that he has me here for good works prepared beforehand that I should walk in them. Is that a part of my DNA? Right. And so I can already hear an naysayer, well, but you could legitimately get sick. You could. Again, go slow over the speed bump. Wear your mask. Wash your hands. If you're sick, quarantine, right? For me, it was the idea of I'm not quarantining to abrogate my responsibilities. I'm quarantining to get better and to get back on my feet and to be faithful to my responsibilities. Right. Right. And that's where a lot of people would be upset if if the pastor quit showing up on Sundays out of a fear of being sick by being there on Sundays. Mm. And we would say to that pastor, well, what are you doing? You're not doing your job. But the reality is that when I understand biblically the role of every member of the church is to be a part of the ministry, the reality is not just the pastor. It's everybody involved in the local church now. Right. So all of us are important to ministry. You know, and, and being a sports fan, one of the most frustrating things is when one of, my, one of the players on the Yankees goes on the two-week disabled list. But the reality is they're, they got that guy locked into an eight-year contract where they're paying him, you know, a billion dollars a year. And what they're saying is, hey, to prevent future risk, 
we're going to sideline him for, for 10 days so that he can get better and get back to playing ball. Mm-hmm. That's the idea. If we get sick, you sideline to get better, to get back into playing ball. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. You don't sit yeah. on the, you don't go, yeah. you know what? I'm going to leave the playing field yeah. just, to, I mean, could you imagine that? Mm-hmm. Well, today we're not starting a Stanton or judge because they might get hurt if they play. Mm. That's the temptation today, right? It's it like, is the temptation. The, t- the temptation is, oh, we can't do, we can't live life like we used to. Yes. We can't do, we can't do our responsibilities like we used to because of, of, of uh, fear of death. Yes. Uh, since when? For two, you're like for thousands of years, we've done that. Right. Right. <laughs> why change? Why are we changing all of a sudden? Well, and, and maybe, you know, I, I don't, I, I just think what it is, is it's a lack of an understanding of the, excuse me, the glory that, gosh, excuse me, the glory of the gospel, mm-hmm. right? The gospel is amazing. And, and to be a part of the disciple making, gospel serving, loving one another, that is an amazing benefit. That's an amazing treasure that we possess. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing greater in life than, than, than serving Christ and pointing people to the gospel. And the reality is I actually, it's actually more dangerous for me to go isolate myself mm-hmm. because the reality is I'm going to talk to myself in isolation and I'm going to lie to myself. Yep. When I'm around other believers who tell me crazy things that the Bible says, I find it encouraging and I find it exhorting and I find it sanctifying. Even if somebody didn't say, Hey, you you know, you need to be more faithful in this, just their presence and the conversation with them is usually very helpful. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, you know, kind of in talking like one, we're aware that fear exists. We're aware that anxiety exists. We're aware that life is difficult Teach your kids that, you know what, life is difficult. Adversity doesn't, isn't a sign of, uh, isn't, it's not a sign on the wall to say don't do something. Right. It's the reality that sometimes adversity is a part of life. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of marriages failing because people weren't aware there was going to be some adversity in marriage. Mm-hmm. You know, um, it's the same thing a job, right? You go to work, there's going to be adversity. You got to work through it. Right, we're in a sinful world. Well, until we're in heaven, you're just going to be adversity. And so, is is what's on the other end of that adversity, right? Biblically valuable or not? There's some adversity I'm not going to go through. You know, I'm not going to necessarily pick a fight with somebody over uh, seven days of creation who I don't know, mm-hmm. because to me, the adversity maybe isn't worth it at the moment. Right. However, somebody comes to the church and saying, Hey, I'm, I'm, you know, starts passing around, you know, some weird creation view and is trying to get everybody like, then I'm going to go to town because we're trying to protect the unity and keep people focused on the gospel. Right. So that's where the wisdom comes into play. Mm-hmm. What is the adversity? Why is it there? And I'll even go another step. If you and your wife or, or your wife, or if, if you and your spouse, you know, have made a mutual decision, but you haven't talked to the elders. You haven't talked to another godly person. And you're like, well, this is the wise thing to do. It may not be the wise thing to do because unfortunately there's what I call couple isolation, Mm -hmm. which is where in your self isolating together, you both begin to speak the same language Mm -hmm. and talk yourselves into the sinful response. Yeah. 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 Wow. So, well, it's, that's funny because does this, Statistically speaking and biblically speaking, the heart is still the da- most dangerous <laughs> thing in our in our, yeah. in our lives. Yeah, be careful of the heart. Yeah, everybody. I mean, I mean, God, Jeremiah seventeen nine, right? It's yes. evil. It's it, it's sick. It's wicked. 
And and the cure is not inside us, the cure is in Christ. Yes. So, you know, and kind of in kind of trying to wrap up. So if you kind of following along, we've talked about a little bit about what is fear and anxiety. Also, how the goal of what God has called us to do needs to needs to be the top fear. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've talked a little bit about assessing your fears and learning from them and and learning to turn to Christ and to trust Christ. Right, the the proper response if I fear God, then that's going to fuel belief in doing it His way and trusting it. Mm-hmm. Right, we're still calling for wisdom, and so even in kind of answering Muriel's questions, what is God's purpose for fear? I think it is to draw out what motivates us. Mm. Right, the reason why I'm to fear God is He is to be my main motivator. Yeah, yeah, and I find that I don't act in obedience because I'm scared of His judgment. Mm-hmm. Act in obedience because I don't want to dishonor him, and I want him to be honored and pleased. Yeah, yeah. Fear exposes our idols. Yes. And so, if you examine yourself, you'll know what kind of idols you have. Yes. And if 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 uh, fear of the Lord is not the highest, then you need to rethink about your conviction of the gospel. Yeah. Yeah. So the, then, the last point that I think we kind of want to make here is is the reality of helping others navigate their fear. Mm-hmm. And and so I mean I realize this podcast has potentially stepped on somebody's toes. Um, my, my goal is not to step on your toes to hurt you for the purpose of hurting your feelings. Mm-hmm. My goal is to gently say this to people: Listen, the gospel is greater. Follow Christ. Trust Him. Amen. Yeah, you may die, but I promise you, what's on the other side of death is way better. Mm-hmm. You know, if I die, I got life insurance. God, that's fine. Yeah. I'm in heaven. It's going to be way better. Amen. So to live as Christ and to die is gain. Now, again, I'm, we're not saying run off and jump in your car and put a blindfold on and trust God in the way you drive and hope that you, you know, no, we're, we're use all of the wise things necessary to you, mm-hmm. you know, but, but the reality is, right, so we're not trying to be mean, but at the same time, we are trying to get some people to go, listen, what am I afraid of? I can't live life like this. You're actually wired by God to fear him and to do it his way. There's more joy doing it his way than trying to fight against the goads and do it your own way. Mm. Um, so how do you help others who have fear? Right? Mm-hmm. Do you just say, buckle up, get off your rear, let's go? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think... Um helping them with prioritizing their fears. I think yeah. it starts with understanding why we need to fear the Lord first. Um, again, yeah. showing them that fear of death is really a, a foolish thing because it's slavery. Yes, it is slavery. It's slavery. And Christ frees us from that so we can freely serve him. Yes. I mean, what were we freed for? We were freed for service. Yes. Um, so let's serve. You know? Yeah, I like that. Um I realize you got that from Hebrews too. Yes. But but I even think about like the author of Hebrews writing to people in anxiety, adversity, trials, hardships, afraid. Some of them were afraid of, I mean, the best we can tell is the, these are Jewish believers mm-hmm. who were even being shunned by the Jewish community, right? And that, that doesn't speak volumes to us today, but I mean... Yeah, it was their media at that time, in a sense. Yeah, like they're, but, they're telling them to do, hey, hey, don't don't go that way. Right. That's, that's 
That's think, dangerous. <laughs> think of the friend that we had, and if he's listening to this podcast, we're not going to say his name, but but mm-hmm. the friend that we had who lost his business in a community because the community got cross with him. And he was a Christian in a in a community that was primarily in the community was primarily members of a of a cult mm. of a certain Utah cult. Okay. And at some point he got crossed with the cult, the church there, and they all quit doing business with him. Mm. And it's the same thing. Mm-hmm. Right? You're you're a Jewish person back in the day, and now you accept Christ. But you're you're a blacksmith in in Israel, and now all of a sudden you have no customers. Yeah, and and Johnny, former apprentice, now has all your customers, and you're sitting there going, "God, I have no income." Mm-hmm. Right. So the fear and the anxiety was real. Yep. But I love the way the author of Hebrews, what right? Hey, he starts out as long ago and many times. God spoke to our fathers by the prophets, but in these last days he has spoken to us by his son, whom he appointed the heir of all things, through whom he also created the world. He is the radiance of the glory of God in the exact imprint of his nature, and he upholds the universe by the word of his power. After making purifications for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high, having become as much superior to angels as to the name he has inherited is more excellent than theirs. Mm-hmm. And the very first thing he says is almost kind of like, do you remember who Jesus Christ is? Yep. And I think maybe that's what we need to tell people. Do Amen. You, you know, I get that you're scared. I get that you're worried. Do you know who Jesus is? Amen. Like he purified you. Mm-hmm. He's your creator. He's your sustainer. He's the exact representation of God the Father because he's God the Son. He's sovereign over the virus. He's sovereign over the virus. Yep. You know, and that's the thing. I actually thought I was high risk Mm -hmm. because of my former lung issues with allergies. Mm -hmm. And throughout the whole thing, I I didn't have a single lung. The fact I was floored at how well I breathed. I almost breathed better with the virus than I did before the virus. Oh, weird. Yeah, and I had a sinus infection at the same time. So, and again, I'm not. I'm not going to try to project and say, look, I realize that there are different stories of of some people having different symptoms out there as well. But the reality is you're exactly right. God is sovereign over a virus, mm-hmm. you know, and he's sovereign over, over our life. I think even if you, my homework to anybody listening to this who made it this far was Matthew 24 and 25, right? There Jesus talks about that he's coming back again and there's going to be rumors of war. There's going to be rumors of pestilence. There's going to be rumors, right? There's going to be pestilence, rumors of war, right? All kinds of calamities, rumors of destruction, but the overwhelming message of the Olivet Discourse in Matthew 24 and 25 is, is actually surprising. And the overwhelming message of that Olivet Discourse was this. Be prepared and be found faithful doing what God has called you to do. Amen. Uh You know, you go back to Matthew 24, right? It's the sign of the close of the age. Uh, and Jesus says, See to that no, many, no one leads you astray, for many will come in my name, saying, I am the Christ, and they will lead many astray. 
Um, verse 9, they will deliver you up to tribulation and put you to death, and you will be hated by all nations for my namesake. And then many will fall away and betray one another and hate one another, and many false prophets will arise and lead many astray. And because lawlessness will be increased, the love of many will grow cold, and the one who endures to the end will be saved. Mm. Uh, and this is the gospel of the kingdom will be proclaimed throughout the whole world in testimony. Right, and so then you have the abomination, abomination of desolation. Uh, you have the coming of the Son of Man, the lesson of the fig tree. Uh, and then he says, nobody knows the day or the hour. Uh, but concerning the day and the hour, no one knows, not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but the Father only. As were the days of Noah, so will be the coming of the Son of Man. For as in those days before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage, until the day when Noah entered the ark. And they were unaware until the flood came and swept them all away. Mm. So will be the coming of the Son of Man. Then two men will be in the field. One will be taken and one left. Two women will be grinding at the mill and one will be taken and one left. Therefore, stay awake. For you do not know on what day your Lord is coming. But know this, that if the master of the house had known at what part of the night the thief was coming, he would have stayed awake and would not have let his house be broken into. Therefore, you also must be ready for the son of man is coming in an hour. You do not expect who then is the faithful and wise servant whom his master has set over his household to give them their food at the proper time. Blessed is that servant whom his master will find so doing when he comes. Truly, I say to you, he will set him over all his possessions. But if that wicked servant says to himself, my Master is delayed and begins to beat his fellow servants that eats and drinks with drunkards. The master of the servant will come on that day when he does not expect him in an hour when he does not know and will cut him in pieces and put him with the hypocrites. In that place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Mm. And what's interesting is the parables in 25 yeah. reiterate that point, right? After the, the parable of the ten virgins, watch therefore for you neither know the day nor the hour, right? Wow. The parable of the talents. The parable of the talents is interesting because remember that it's the unfaithful servant who, yes. uh, it, it, because you have you had two kinds of servants. They all knew the Lord, yes, but one knew the you know the people who knew knew the Lord were faithful in investing the talents properly. Yes, the one who had an incorrect fear of the Lord uh, was uh, he hid the talent. <laughs> yes, uh, it just reminds you today. It's like oh, I'm I'm scared. I'm just gonna hide here, and just not do anything. You know. Yes. Wow. Which is which is not that which again yeah. that's the one that's condemned that's the one that's condemned yes. yeah he's it's the 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 one who feared yes. wrongly yes yeah you you're you should have been a scared of the master you should have been scared that you you should have feared me and what I told you to do yes not the potential loss of of the the talent yeah, yeah. yeah. oh yeah see no. See, you got it. And that, that's right, even that final judgment. So all the interesting thing, thing to me about this is, right, that we are to be faithful no matter what, even in the, even in the great tribulation, mm. even in the trials of life, even when things are devastatingly bad. Mm-hmm. The idea of Jesus' second return is be, be prepared, be ready, be found doing what I've called you to do. And that's that. That's that element, right? You want to be the one left when Christ comes. Amen. Right. In twenty four, everybody always it's so funny. I preached that, and I was talking about the two men will be in the field, and one will be taken, and one left. And I said, "You want to be the one left." A lot of people did not like that. They came up to me, and they were like, "No, oh, I thought you wanted to be the one taken." I was like, "Well, 
I, the one the one that leaves is going to judgment. And it's so funny the amount of people that came out have come up to me since I preached that, and it's more than two or three. Yeah, have said, you know what? I finally see you're yeah. right. Yep. It's it's the one you want to be the one left. You want to be the one left. Yes, you don't want to be the one taken. But either way, even even if you, I, I I'll be honest, I got that wrong for the longest time too. Mm-hmm. Um, but so even if you get that wrong, you're still right if you come away with the understanding of the point is be ready. Yes. And what does it mean to be ready? It means like right when Christ comes back, if you're in the middle of making disciples, you're doing it right. Amen. You're doing it right. Yeah. Right. Don't don't hunker down. You don't right hunkering down, hiding yourself. Hunker down and hide yourself if you need to quarantine because you're sick. Mm-hmm. Don't get other people sick. However, hiding and hunkering because you're scared of what might happen, mm. not biblical. Yeah. In fact, that's that's your point. That's the talented person that got in in a lot of trouble. Yes. Yeah. And I get it. Uh, fear is there. I get it. Um, but I think that's where we need to say, okay, Lord, what am I afraid of? And Lord, help me to help me to rest and to trust in the promises of the gospel. Right? If if the fear of death is preventing you, then then that let that be the warning siren in your head of I don't trust the promises of the gospel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh somebody asked a question. And so I want to answer this question. Okay. Is all anxiety bad? Is all anxiety bad? Yeah, is all anxiety sin? I mean, um, the anxiety that causes you not to do the things you need to do is yeah. bad. Okay. Yeah. Uh, the anxiety that uh, controls you um, in a negative way is bad, right? Yes. But everyone has a little bit of anxiety um, in life, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. I guess they're sinful. I mean, anxiety leads to, leads to sinful action, maybe? Yeah. Is that how you would... Uh... Yeah, I, I actually agree with you. Okay. The, the anxiety that causes you to not do what God has called you to do. Yeah. Or has is creating a fear in you. But like I, I, I the one thing I hate about Christmas time is there's one day before Christmas where you get up and you look at your to-do list and you got 75,000 things to do hmm. and you got to go do them all. Because tomorrow's Christmas and you got to get that shopping done because you waited till the 24th, like any other rational human being. (laughs) And the anxiety of, oh, I got so many places to go that I got to get out the door and get this done now. That's probably an okay anxiety. Yeah. Yeah. So sometimes that's where anxiety can be good is that it can motivate you to get the things done you need to get done. Mm -hmm. Right. But it's when it governs and takes you away. Right. Like, being scared that your kids might get sick if if you put them in Sunday school. Mm-hmm. Well, not now you're not leading them because you have some anxiety that over something that may or may not happen. And honestly, get your kids sick. Let those antibodies go. Mm-hmm. Get their immunity up. But um, right, you're going to get in trouble for that statement. Just fair warning. <laughs> well, I've been in trouble for worse. So fair enough. Yeah. Uh, if you're a negative, I got some blood for sale. I got tons of antibodies going around in this blood right now. Hey, prime blood. Hey. <laughs> oh man, that's funny. All right. Well, listen. Um, yeah. So not all anxiety is sinful. Yeah. Okay. 
All right. Were there were there any other questions or any anything that we kind of missed that we need to just quickly? Uh, this is, by the way, is the longest podcast we've ever done, but probably better that this be one long podcast than two. Okay. So, yeah. Okay. All right, so listen on two times speed, you'll be okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think most people listen. We 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 kind of cadence this, knowing that people are going to listen at one point five or two speed. So yes, yeah, okay. The one thing that's funny is when you hear us laugh at two speed. It's kind of funny. Yep. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, listen. Uh, we just want you to know that that if we stepped on your toes because we love you and we're trying to encourage you to think about how to be faithful in a world where adversity trials, right? They are going to happen. It's not, will they happen? It's how do I navigate them when they do happen? Mm-hmm. And then we're trying to get you to think about your fears and we're trying to get you to prioritize your fear of God first and to trust God. God, God is amazing at designing you and at putting you where he wants you and, and the things that he wants you to do. It's amazing what, what happens, right? The faithfulness to him brings joy. Amen. And it's actually more freeing to submit to him than it is to be afraid of other things, like you said, slavery. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Good stuff. Yeah. All right. Thanks, G. All right. Appreciate it. Good to you. be back. Yes. Yeah. Love you, man. So, uh, we love you too. And if we can pray with you, serve you, uh, if this podcast again has sparked things you want to talk about, both Gino and I are happy to, to talk about these things and would love to have you over for a cup of coffee and chat through them. And so uh, definitely this is a big topic, by the way. So we, we realized we left a lot of stones covered. So um, again, I hope this sparks some conversation and some love and some leadership and some service. Amen. All right. Love you. We'll talk to you later. Mm-hmm.